Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another special live edition of Dream Business Radio, my eighth year um, doing this podcast, which is astounding to me. But <laughs> nothing like consistency, right, in good marketing. But um, eight years of good guests, good content, tip strategies, all designed to help you build your dream business so you too can live your dream lifestyle. And in the case of today's show, to help you keep more of what you make. My special guest today uh, is Diane Gardner. She's the founder and CEO of Adept Business Solutions. Diane is an enrolled agent. She's a certified tax coach. She's a master level certified profit professional. God, that's a mouthful. She has over 30 years experience in accounting, income tax preparation, and coaching clients to increase their bottom line profit while paying less. She's also a best-selling author. She's a Quilly Award winner and 14 books under publication. Right now, Diane has built an amazing business in a, um, in a small town in Idaho. I seem to be attracting small town clients. Diane, welcome. Good to see you again. Jim, it's great to see you. It's been a long time since we've been face-to-face. -face. I know. I think the last time was... Um, did you, you came to New England, Dream Business Academy, New England? No, no. you didn't do that. So it must've been San Diego, 2018. Yes, San Diego, yep. Oh my goodness. Um, so Diane, whenever I interview successful entrepreneurs, there's always a backstory I like to slide in in our, in our limited time. But um, as I said a minute ago, you come from a small, tiny, small town in Idaho and you started a, uh, an accounting practice many years ago. Take us a little bit Tell us a little bit of the backstory about um, how you got started and where you are today. All right. When I first started my accounting practice here, we were in a town of about 2,000 people. It has since grown to a whopping 6,000. Wow. <laughs> That's even smaller than Bill Warren's little town where he has his jewelry store. Well. So after fishing in a very small pond and trying to reach outlying towns and stuff, I realized I needed to spread the message out. And so... Um, I was coaching with a couple of coaches at that time, and one of them held my feet to the fire and forced me to branch out into nationwide work, which was really scary to begin with. Yeah, but outside now, of Idaho. <laughs> I am nationwide all over the U.S., and now we are not just offering normal, regular accountant-type stuff, but we actually do more coaching than we do accounting work, and I'm loving that? it and have met some of the most amazing people. Uh, pretty much stay in the service businesses within the trades because they really need help. And yeah. I've had some great success in helping them increase their profits and save money on taxes. And it's just, just rewarding to see the differences in their lives and to watch their eyes light up when they're able to see these uh, techniques and strategies work for them. Yeah. I coach a lot of people, um, as you know, and how to start and grow coaching business. And what I tell people is the paycheck is good, but what really lights you up is when you have such a positive impact on, mm -hmm. on the businesses of your clients. And I know that, um, 
So you and I haven't actually worked together in probably three years, but you sent me an email literally about two weeks ago and you said, Jim, I'm getting ready to publish my 15th book. I'm paraphrasing. And you said, I remember when you challenged me to write a book in like 30 days. <laughs> I think that might have been San Diego or the, the first time we were there. Do you, do you remember that? Yes, I do remember that. I remember sitting in that room and you saying, you you know, pumping us up that we could do this. I'm thinking, yeah, right. But I'm an accountant. I do numbers. I don't <laughs> do words. I do numbers. And it's like, even accountants can do this, Diane. And you had the pressure in the room. It's like, how could I not be, you know, the only one in the room to not raise my hand. So I did it and got that first book done in 30 days. And ever since then, I've pulled most books together in about 30 days time. That is so cool. Um, I remember that event where I'm not going to name names, but you almost thought maybe I'll partner with somebody and that didn't work yeah. out. And then you plowed ahead and you still got the book done. Um, so you, you know, this having published as many, uh, so many books, being an author is a great positioning tool, really helps you build, you know, establish your authority in your niche. And you've published like, like I said, 14, I think your 15th book is about to come out. Why so many books? I find that if I don't put a new book out about every year or maybe two at the longest, I don't have anything new to share it. And there's no reason to get interviewed and, and get in front of groups and crowds of people as I do when I have a new book come out. So it's always about launching that next new book so that I can get in front of the next new group of people and share some great information with them. It's like being a musician. You're only as good as your last hit, right? <laughs> if, your, if your last hit record was two years ago, you're kind of you're kind of fading a little bit. So, Diane, um, in our in our little half hour here that we're, I'm going to try and my best to keep to. Um, I said, stop overpaying your taxes. Which is the name? Is that your 14th book or that your most recent one? Is stop overpaying your taxes, right? No, stop overpaying is the one that you actually challenged us to do in 30 days. That's an oh older gosh. book now. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, um, that was, that so was that, a labor of love, that one was. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, just my memory goes back to that Dream Business Academy when I kind of challenged you, and I think you said, yeah, I'm going to get this book done, and I think I was getting ready to move on. I said, by the way, when is that book going to come out, <laughs> right? And I think I think you really found your muscles and said, I'll have it done in a month, right? So um, I think nothing. I was coming up on to tax season. I didn't have much of a choice. It That's right. Because if it didn't get done, it would be like six months later or something. Yeah. Same so, way with the, my current book right now. We were pushing to have it done by the end of the year. It's in the editing process right now. So it'll make it out in February because okay. tax season is already starting to run for me. Mm. So in our time together, as I was going to say for a little voice shares these stories. So we can't do a complete tax audit for the people listening or watching right now, but I'd love to dive into a couple of the tips um, that I know, because you sent me a copy of the book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes. So I know business structure is just one. Is that, I can't, I don't want you to rank them per se, but how important is business structure? You know, whether somebody's a sole proprietor or an S Corp or LLC? I would say it's in my top one or two. Oh, okay. Yeah, I had a meeting today with a gal of $4 million gross revenue sitting on a Schedule C. And oh, I about God. lost my cookies over that. Because so much money. Even I know that. Wow. Yes. So her accountant was not doing her any favors by just going along year after year after year, filing this as a Schedule C and not even, not even knowing enough to, to question it. Maybe we should do something different. So we're in the middle of putting together a tax plan for her. What what are some of the things um, if you're if somebody is a sole proprietor or an LLC, 
Um, what are some of the benefits of, say, being an S-Corp? Well, it depends on which state you're in because we're always state sensitive. But if okay. you're talking about it from a federal level, from a federal level, if you're an LLC and we're able to ask permission from the IRS for you to be taxed as an S-Corp, we can save a ton of self-employment tax. And that could be huge. It can be thousands and thousands of dollars for people. But some states don't allow us to do certain things. So it depends on what state you're in. But for the most part, it's a generally it's a pretty good strategic move. So um, I'm going to put this up on screen because it'll t it'll be less. So this is our buddy, Phil Brakefield. And um, he just had a birthday. Happy birthday, Phil. I'm not going to sing to you. But um, <laughs> is it a challenge to do taxes for companies outside of Idaho? Phil lives in Illinois and his taxes are so convoluted. Of course, Phil has millions that he needs to shield from the government. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but um, how, if, for example, could you work with somebody like in Illinois? I could. Yes. I have, um, I have clients in about 35 or 36 states right now. If wow. I hit a state that I don't enjoy working in, such as Ohio, okay, um, I have friends in those states that I can refer them to. So we can still make sure they get the coverage that they need and get the great service that they're looking for and somebody who's got a tax planning mind that can help them. Okay. So um, you said business structure is in the top two. Which, which is, what's the other one? I don't know what it's one or two, but what's the second most important one? <laughs> well, my very top most important one is most people don't realize that they can plan their way to a lower tax liability. They just give their numbers to their accountant. The tax return gets done. Then they're told, here's how much you owe. And they go, oh, and that there really is you, ways that you can plan your way to a lower tax liability and you can put different different strategies in place that allow you to save tax year after year after year after year, regardless of what's going on in the tax law or who's in the White House. Hmm. Is that a is that a if I give you another two or three minutes, is that something you could dive into briefly or is that way too too much going into there? A lot of people aren't even aware of what a tax plan is because okay. they're never even explain that to you. So I always say this like climbing up a ladder. Your bottom tier is your tax preparation. So you give your numbers to your account and they put the right numbers in the right little boxes and you're done. The next tier up is tax projection. And that's where you get together with your tax preparer at some point, usually mid-summer, late fall, whatever, and they put together a projection of here's where I think you're going to be by the end of the year. Here's how much tax you could potentially owe. Here's what we might be able to do. The next level up on this tier is actually having a customized tax plan prepared where you're able to sit down with a strategized planner person who will walk you through various strategies, figure out which ones will work best for your business, show you that they're all IRS approved and court tested, and figure out how we can implement them into your business so you can reap the savings. And to date, I've saved my clients more than $4 million in taxes. Wow. I know when we we're, when we we're working on your website way back when, in, back in the day, as they say, and we put that counter on there, I, I probably innocently just asked you, hey, how much do you think you've saved total? And I think you either knew or you added up. I said, that'd be a hell of a counter on your yeah. website. So that's still going? It's still going. And now we have a, we have two counters on the website, one for tax planning and one for profit planning. Okay, very cool. Yeah. Um, in chapter five of your book, Stop Overpaying Your Taxes, you talk about how to discover the hidden, the buried hidden treasure in your business. Can you take a few minutes and talk about that? You bet. There's a, there's a lot of different deductions that the IRS allows us to have that most people aren't aware. 
things like potentially paying for your medical expenses out of your business. Most accountants aren't talking about that, but depending on entity types, you might be able to potentially write off 100% of all of your out-of-pocket medical costs right through your business instead of trying to write it off through itemized deductions or some other way like that. Uh, there's strategies like disaster-related things to do with the COVID virus that we've all been working through. Hmm. There's some disaster-related strategies that allow you to reimburse your employees from your business, and you might be one of them, for any out-of-pocket costs that they've incurred as a result of COVID. So maybe you've purchased a whole bunch of extra food and you've been stocking up or extra cleaning supplies, or you've had to revamp your house so you could work from home. That's a strategy that most accountants aren't talking about. So those are the fun types of things that we like to get into of coming up with ways to have legitimate deductions that other accountants aren't talking about. Well, what do you, as far as the reimbursing for health, I mean, your business can pay for your health insurance, right? Especially if you're an S corp, I don't know about that. That's what I am. So, but you're talking about other expenses besides the health insurance. If you're filing a schedule C, so either you're a sole proprietor or a single member LLC okay. and you have a spouse that we can use, you mm -hmm. could conveniently hire your spouse to work in your business and potentially pay them in just medical benefits, meaning that you could pay for the out-of-pocket health insurance costs, any co-pays, any of those types of things that you might be missing out because right now the standard deduction is fairly high. And so you're not able to recap or recoup those medical expenses on your, on your tax return like maybe you could have in the past. So it's okay. a good way to run them through your business. There's also ways we can do that in a C-Corp too. Hmm. Also in that chapter five, I remember reading about daycare provider. Talk about that. Can you deduct daycare expenses? It, it depends on what you're doing in your business. So in the right kind of business, yes, you can. Um, it just, it's, a, it's one of those fringe benefits that you can potentially provide for your employees. And if you're one of your employees, then it can apply to you as well. Hmm. So I hope I'm I hope I'm not putting you on the spot by firing these rapid fire questions. But I remember when you when you spoke at my event in San Diego, I remember being a little fascinated, even though my kids were older at the time. You talked about um, how to hire your kids to lower your taxes. Is that still relevant today? It is. It's, it's even more so relevant now. Now that the standard deductions up over twelve thousand dollars. If your children are, are able to work in your business and you can legitimately come up with duties and tasks and things for them to do, you could potentially funnel $12,000 per kid out of your business at your tax rate, which could be 25, 30%, whatever you might be at, down to a 0% tax rate because if that's the only income they have, they're at the 0% tax rate. So it's a great way to move money down to your kids. I'm currently working on a tax plan right now where we're going to hire the college age daughter to work for the summer for her mom. And then we'll be able to take that money and use it to pay her rent for the school year. So a non-deductible rent that they've been paying all along will make it deductible by having the daughter work in the business and pay the her. Rent, the rent's deductible or the money they're saving will then be able to pay for uh, the rent. Yeah. The money that they're paying her out of the business will be able to pay her rent while she's okay. college. So, so the, we so, made it a deductible expense. So in essence, the rent is deductible, but you're not right. deducting the the rent as a rental expense. Right. The, right. I see. Yeah. But wow. mom is pretty excited about that. She was have to write that check every month. You know, irregardless, I might as well, you know, pull it out of her bank account instead of mine. 
wow, that's really something. So, that's that's yeah. one of those head slappers that, man, you really got to be <laughs> on top of your stuff. What's going on? Um, I do want to shift gears in a couple minutes and just talk about your coaching business and, and masterminding in general. That's one of my favorite topics. But talk about... Um, I think it was called Trains, Planes, and Automobiles, which is one of my favorite movies, but um, the transportation deduction, what are some of the cool ones, like you just shared with the hire your kid, pay the rent type thing? What are some cool ones people aren't aware of? In the transportation world, we have basically two ways that we can deduct expenses. We can use the standard standard mileage rate, which for 2021 is 56 cents a mile. It's gone down from 57 and a half um, in 2020. Or we can add the particular vehicle to the to the business and set it up on the depreciation schedule and depreciate it. Where that works so well for the clients that I generally work with is most of the time they're buying vehicles that are over 6,000 pounds. And when that vehicle is over 6,000 pounds, we can now take it from being a vehicle and make it a piece of equipment and ride it all off in one year. So that's a great tax strategy in certain 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 circumstances. That's interesting. I thought you were slipping into the English form of currency there, but you're talking about the weight of the vehicle. Uh, so, Diane, so um, without naming names, I'm just curious because you're one of these sharp people who like finds these little things that always amaze me. So I want you to think about the last two or three clients that came to you and you worked your magic. What were some of the things that they missed, which are going to be like head slappers to my audience. Can you, can, can I put you on the spot like that? That Yes. One of the last ones that I was working with was doing some retirement planning and okay. they had a SEP in place. And consequently it was costing them maximum. They had to take about $200,000 a year in salary to be able to max out their SEP by switching them over to a solo 401k. We were able to drop that salary down about in half and mm -hmm. maximize their employee and employer contribution and get them a better end result and save the um, withholding taxes on the extra 100000 of salary. So is, are you talking about an S-corp, right? Doing distribution and mm -hmm. payroll that way, right? Mm -hmm. You bet, yes. Okay. Yeah. That's a, yeah, so that that's a big one. That was a nice one. favor. That put quite a chunk of money back in their pocket from what they were wow. paying previously. What what is the maximum a small business can match in terms of fund? It's based on the payroll size, right? Size it, of the payroll. Yeah, it's based on payroll and net profit and the type of of retirement plan that you're in. Okay, man, this is this is this is good stuff. I mean, this is like what's what's the expression you use? It's how to legally, morally, and ethically pay not a penny more than you were, how right. to pay how to keep more basically. Right, I'm always there. saying. Why leave the IRS a big tip? What have they done for you lately? Pay there what you, you the minimum amount we legally have to pay, but let's not leave a big tip on the table for them. Yeah. So Diane, going so um, in the email that you sent to me that your 15th book is coming out, you said, by the way, Jim, I'm also running several of my own mastermind groups. So I'm like, what? First of all, how do you have time to do that? And what got you into that? I mean, because when we were last talking, your practice was just exploding. Like you say, you're in like over 30 states. You've got clients mm -hmm. and you're, I mean, you were, I know you were speaking and writing books. So how did, how did you get into running your own masterminds? I'm very curious about that. Well, I had a really good business coach that said I should niche down. Okay. That more was not better. 
And so I now have niched down into the service business industry within the trade. So I work a lot with plumbers, electricians, HVAC roofers, those kind of guys. And by doing that, it's allowed me to become way more picky on who I choose and, and allow in as clients. So we've cut back about half amount on the amount of bookkeeping and payroll and stuff that we used to do. Mm -hmm. We've taken those resources now and put them over in the coaching world. So now I run coaching programs and part of that coaching program is masterminding sessions. And we have dedicated what we call CEO time that they work on their business every single week and getting some phenomenal results because they have this dedicated time that they're working on their business every week. Okay. So when you say you niche down and have several groups, do you combine, you know, plumbers, electricians, et cetera, or do you have a plumbers group and electricians group and other? I, I combine them because with them all being in the trades, they share resources back and forth with each other. They mastermind challenges back and forth with each other. The HVAC person has insight on what the plumber's looking for or what the electrician's looking for. It's amazing to watch them go to work and solve a challenge, just like you taught us back in Dream Biz Academy. Hmm. So I'm trying to remember when we first met. I was probably at a Dan Kennedy conference or something. Do you, do you remember how we first met? I think I got some sort of an email or something, and I ended up in your summer school program way, oh. way, way back. Wow, that's back. going way back. Way back. <laughs> I remember being I, was on the cover as me in a bathing suit, although I did with so that was way back. Way back. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. That's right. I think that was the first. That's how we first got together. Um, and so the coaching programs, is that – I'm curious. So, so do you segregate your accounting firm and then you have your tax planning, which I'm fully aware of like a separate piece of it, right? And then you have your mastermind groups. Are those your three revenue funnels in your business? Yep. They're all under one business at this point, but they, they have different logos and so they're marketed separately. So I have tax coach for you for my tax planning side and profit coach for you for my profit planning side. And then I have my adept business solutions, which is my traditional accounting firm. Okay. Yeah. You know, when we first started um, coaching together, I remember one of your goals was to grow your firm, you know, beyond its small town roots. Um, what was that journey like? I mean, did you, did you just started growing ge geographically within Idaho or how did you get to 36 states? It was terrifying. Yeah, I was forced into it basically as a result of the recession back in 2008 and nine. Okay. And even 10. Um, I had I had lost a lot of clients who had gone out of business because the real estate market tanked, which caused the construction market to tank and anything related to it to tank. And so I was sitting in my office. I had just bought an office building in 2007. I was like, oh, God, what am I going to do? I, I've, I'm on the hook for a 20-year loan. What am I going to do? There isn't enough money coming in the door to make the payment. What am I going to do? And at that point in time, I knew I had to switch from being a general accountant to becoming a specialist. And that's I first started getting interested in tax planning at that point in time. It took me a little bit to figure out all the different nuances of tax planning. And I've been running with that and then added profit planning about four years ago. And now we have a tax planning arm and a profit planning arm for our coaching clients. And how many how many staff members do you have right now? There's four of us and a VA. Wow. Okay. Yeah, we're a small team. Yeah, so and I yeah. and I remember you bought a building on the other side of the, the street. Is that where you run your do you run yeah. your masterminds out of there? 
Well, we run everything virtually. Okay. Because we're in so many states, so it's all done right. through Zoom. And we did, we had outgrown the first building that I bought back in 2007. So we sold it and we bought a building twice the size. And then I ended up deciding to not continue to grow the business number wise, but to okay. grow dollar wise. So to go deeper, niche down some more and be able to do work with a smaller group of people and be able to provide a higher level of service to them and do it, grow my business that way instead of being available to more people. So you're really talking about uh, increasing your bottom line income by working mm -hmm. with fewer people, just really understanding who your customer is, right? You bet. And niching down into that particular industry, um, I grew up as a daughter of an electrician. So I had an affinity with that industry already and have just used that to continue to grow and learn more about the trades and what are the challenges that they work in and, and just some of the stuff that COVID has brought to them and it's been amazing working with them now for the last several years. Wow. So I'm about uh, 12 or I think into my 13th year, 13th year running my Dream Business Mastermind. Um, I'm curious how you find people that approach you and said, oh, I'm interested in the mastermind. And then you talk to them, et cetera. Some are interested, some pass. Mm -hmm. What is the biggest trepidation that people have about joining a mastermind? I think it's the time commitment. I hear that a lot. I'm not sure I can commit. I, I run a 12 week program. And once they graduate from the 12 week program, if they successfully do everything in the program, then they get invited into the next program, which is just ongoing. But I think it's that first program that committing to 12 weeks. I don't know if I can do that. And we find a lot of people hesitate about, about committing to 90 minutes a week for 12 weeks. Yeah. Is it the total commitment, like if you had a one-year commitment, or is it the time commitment to be part of the group and actually work on your business? Which which one do you think is? We we make sure that they have little or no homework. So all okay. the work is done during our sessions. So we have actual what we call co-working time where I go quiet and then they'll work for maybe 30 minutes by there if they have questions. So we try to keep that to a minimum. I may mean, think it's just it's a new concept. It's a mindset change to know that I'm going to commit to working on my business every week for the next 12 weeks. Many of them have never done that before. And yeah. it's, it's a mindset change. That's interesting. Do you remember back when you joined my mastermind, had you been in other masterminds up to that point or not? Probably not official masterminds. I'd done some, I would call it more unofficial over in my tax planning world, but not yeah. an official mastermind like you were writing. One of the things that I, I teach, as you know, because you said, uh, you reminded me, you came in through my summer school program, which was like a 90 day, it was like a three month deal. Mm -hmm. And so I tell people, one of the ways to get people into your higher end program is to stair step them, give them a smaller chunk. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's where, and that's how we got together first was the summer school. And, and then you came into the other program. And held and hung on for a lot of years. You did. I mean, Adam Homie's been with me the longest, but you were with me like five years, I think, or some something close five to that. Six, long time. Five yeah. or six. And you were using No Hassle Newsletter. So you were v a VIP <laughs> for <laughs> sure. Up until just recently when I've changed the complete structure of our newsletter now. Yeah. So any final words of wisdom? We're kind of zooming in here. Um, I'm, I'm just so fascinated with the uh, with the tax piece. Any other little things? Any uh, Diane secrets that you want to share? Because here we are. We're you know, it's Jane. Well, it's February now, actually. So but we're at the beginning of the year. Things that people yeah. should be doing differently. So, um, you know, 11 months from now, they're not going to be going, oh, damn it. I wish I did that. Probably my biggest thing would be don't keep doing what you've already done and expecting different results. 
So if you want different results, then you need to reach out and get some help from somebody who's who's an expert in that area and who's willing to walk the path with you and make sure you implement things, who has some accountability in it so that you will be successful in whatever it is that you're trying to accomplish with your business, whether it's tax planning wise, profit planning wise, or just leadership wise in your business. But get somebody to walk the path with you for the accountability side. Getting getting the expert advice. I mean, gosh, that's so important. So Phil Phil just made a comment. Let me bring that up here. Diane is brilliant. I concur, Phil. By the way, that's <laughs> Phil's new new picture with his guitar. One of his probably a dozen guitars. I think. I feel like a boxer whose coach told him to keep his left up after his chin get knocked out. <laughs> Phil's great. Phil, by the way, um, unlike yourself, putting your book out in thirty days, I'm still I'm still riding Phil pretty hard. He's got an amazing book that's like. He's at the one inch line from getting into the end zone. So Phil, Phil, if, if an accountant can do it, you can do it. I know. He's Phil's such a great storyteller. Anyway, Phil's Phil's been Phil's now gonna be passing your record here soon. He's been in my group for a long time. But wow. Diane, I so appreciate it. I'm sure people want to connect with you. How can they get your books? I know your website. I know they're on Amazon, but uh, give all your contact information. The best website is www.taxcoach, the number four. And then YOU, so taxcoachforyou.com or profitcoachforyou.com. And we've got lots of free resources that we give away on that site all the time. Wonderful. Diane, it's so fun to connect with you again. Thanks for coming on the, the live show. Here we are in tax season, no doubt, but <laughs> thanks so much. It's been wonderful connecting with you again. It's great to, to see you again and get to be part of your program. Thank you. Hey, folks, uh, that wraps up this very special live interview with Diane Gardner. I am Captain Jim Palmer. You can connect with me at getjimpalmer.com. If you're interested in joining my Dream Business Mastermind, that is dreambizcoaching.com. But that's it. Until this time next week, another fantastic interview. I'm Captain Jim Palmer, the Dream Business Coach, coming to you today, at least, from Charleston, South Carolina, where it's not snowing, like in our, in our old home, and I'm sure in Diane's home in, in Idaho. But you take good care, and I'll see you next week, next Tuesday, for another great interview. Take care, Diane. Thanks, Jim. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free dream business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. <laughs> See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.